the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, the last day of June today. Holy cow, we are through the middle of the year. We're moving now on the downside of the mountain. And I don't like it. And I want more more time of great weather and less COVID. I got to ask you something. Does it not amaze you we had tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people marching in the street, but... Nobody mentions that that might be why there's a spike in COVID. I kind of find it interesting that nobody's really talking about that. It's as if you protest, no problem in getting COVID. You don't have to worry about it. You're not, well, come on. You know, thousands of people screaming and blowing spittle up in the air and not wearing masks and uh, these are the things that they tell us is the easiest way to transport, uh, transmit the disease. And and nobody has the timidity to say, hey, you're, you're, you're spreading the, the disease because you're afraid you're going to be called a racist. That's why. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But, the de- you know, the Republicans want to have a convention in Jacksonville. And we're coming as the bearers of the plague. Unbelievable that people, that everybody's just, nobody wants to even talk about it. And everybody's talking about how Trump is going to lose big. And I got to ask you, if that's the case, where, what the hell's happening to our country? Just asking you, Biden says he wants to codify Roe v. Wade. He wants to make it law, the law of the land, so that we could uh, we can leave it there. Uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, he wants to do that. Uh, he has no problem with uh, the statues being pulled down lawlessly. He has no problem with that as well. And he goes on and on and on. And and now in our own country, we've got uh, groups of people to say. Well, Mount Rushmore needs to go because it's a monument to white supremacy. I I do not, I do not recognize the nation that I live now. I really don't. I'm not recognizing it. And what I really have a hard time recognizing is the amount of people who are willing to fall over and say, yeah, I, I go along with that uh, that narrative. 
I go along with it. No problem whatsoever. You know that uh, that's uh, just uh, the way the way it is. I boy, I I got to tell you, I I don't understand people. They just indefensibly just say history doesn't matter, and I do mean history doesn't matter. The people that they call racist did more to free people than, uh, you know, anybody in their day to pull people out from underneath the crown in the, in the revolution. They give them a say in the way that they were being, uh, being led. It, I just, I'm sitting here shaking my head. You who are watching on Facebook can see me. I, I'm at my wit's end. I mean, in 1984 is here. I never thought it would get here. I thought people were smart enough they wouldn't embrace it. Uh, but I'm beginning to wonder now. And I know there's a lot of you listening to this show and watching this show that feel the same way. You're wondering, you know, is this going to... Um, is this harboring the the uh, the end of the nation that for 200 plus years uh, was the greatest uh, nation for self-governance on the uh, the face of the world and so you, you're gonna have to answer that question yourself I I I can't I cannot make up my mind about this about what exactly is is going on i'm trying to get my hands around this but as as soon as i think that i got a feel for it they up the ante they say things that are even more incredibly stupid and a great minority of people in this country say yeah that's right that's right yeah we get it now that's the ticket and um I'm just open up the phone lines to you. 823-0965. 823-0965. I know Wayne Beach watches this show, listens to it. I know a lot of other people do. You know, Jan tunes in each morning for a while. RD is out of town. He's out driving stock cars today. Pretty cool. And uh, there's other people who listen all the time. And I'm just not hearing from those people now. It's as if they have been, you know, Jan hasn't. I mean, she was here yesterday. They have been, you know, beat down. They're afraid of names. I mean, seriously, I I think of the old, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, people aren't that way anymore. You know, with cancel culture out there, getting people fired from their jobs for if they say this or they say that and uh, somebody says they're offended um, companies now fire people uh, for things that uh, are ridiculous i mean you you post something you you have a a belief system you post something that is not like you're a white supremacist it's here's the key about white supremacy now in this country and about racism 
you're considered a racist. You're considered a, uh, you know, you're considered a, uh, a bigot. If at any time in your life you said something that could be taken as uh, racist in nature, and now things are taken racist in nature that aren't really racist. I mean, the comedian wears blackface, and I'm and look, I'm no Jimmy Kimmel fan by any stretch of the Im- imagination. Um, you know, he's a lefty boob but uh, the bottom line is when he was uh, doing some of his parodies and stuff and he put on blackface doesn't make him a racist just like uh, Milton Burrow wearing a woman's dress um, made him transsexual they did it for a laugh and people have gotten so 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 tender about anything that they feel is wrong, that they're willing to take people's livelihoods away from them. I had a story yesterday. We didn't get to get to it. I got to talk, tell you about before. Well, I'll tell you after we come back from break. We have break coming up right now, so let's do that. It's traffic and your weather in, and then I'll come back and I'll talk about a very popular cartoon show and something they have said that they're going to start doing because they think it uh, reflects, you know, white privilege. We'll, we'll tell you about that when we return to Dave Ellswick here, uh, the Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And I'm really pissed off today, to be honest with you. Welcome to the show. It's a Tuesday. It's the last day of June. Okay, so like I told you, I, I'm really, I just... I'm getting ticked off at the number of shows on television, the number of historical sites in our country, the number of people who are just afraid to speak out uh, at the insanity that is occurring in our country because they're afraid people are going to call them names. I mean, seriously. People can call me names all they want to. I've, they've been calling me names, uh, you know, for low over 30 years. Let me give you a prime example of this cancel culture. I hate this stuff. I mean, I hate this stuff because literally what these people do is they're offended by something. And because they're offended of something, they... They think that nobody else should be able to partake in their particular uh, brand of disgust. All right. If you're not disgusted with what they're disgusted with, then uh, you should lose your job. You should be beat down on uh, social media, et cetera, et cetera. Now, let me just give you a, a prime example of this. And it comes from the right, not from the left. Several years ago, movie came out, Temptation of the Christ. Okay. And religious people had a hard time with it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have had a hard time with it. It was blasphemous. It really was. However, in the country we live, people 
can make movies like that and to try to censor it i didn't stand for that i i spoke out against that as well as i speak out about what i'm going to tell you about here in just a moment because this is what censorship does to be quite honest it 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 quails and chills people's voices so they they don't they don't say things that they might say otherwise and somehow the people who are trying to stop from being said think that they've won a great victory yeah you haven't won any victory at all to be honest all right kurt is out in traskwood wants to join us here on the dave ellswick show so just hold on i'll give you the story in a moment but first i want to talk to kurt hey kurt how are you hey dave well i'm like you i'm pissed off too there's and i i just watched a a, a trump um 2020 ad a friend sent me and i just sent it to you and the way it explains it and lays it out the corruption the deceit is overwhelming and it's i'm sitting here after watching this and i'm almost just emotionally shaking it's just so scary what is happening in our country well, and, have, um, have you seen the stories coming from people who escaped Venezuela and some yeah. other countries here recently, yeah, and they're saying I, what's going on here is exactly what happened there? I have seen those, and it's people need to understand we're a lot closer than we think to losing our nation. Yes, we are. I believe I'm. I'm with you on that. I, if you talked to me that, about that two months ago, I said the American people are smart enough that they wouldn't fall exactly. for this crap. But now I'm believing that they're actually falling for it. They're, they're, There's a lot of them that are. Yeah. A lot of them that are. And it's it's scary. Yeah. Okay, man. You're doing a great job. Thanks Appreciate a lot. your call. Thanks a lot, Gert and Traskwood. If you got something you want to say, 8230965. Phone lines are open always. But let me just reiterate it during this first hour. Uh, 823-0965. 0965 coming up next hour to bible guys i do believe that that is the answer to a lot of the things that are going on right now is to get back to the truth truth is in the scriptures and uh, that is the basis of truth and i just look i'm if you're watching on facebook you can see the look on my face i'm i'm stunned by some of you I am really stunned at that you've quailed and you've rolled up in a fetal position and stuck your thumb in your mouth, uh, and uh, you're acting like uh, little scared mamby-pambies of, of people that are running around and doing a lot of, of uh, law-breaking, and we've got elected officials that aren't doing their jobs and stopping them, that they uh, capitulate to them, and they say, what is it that you want? And they don't know really what they want. They'll they'll say generic things is what they'll do. And I guess the bottom line when you get to it is uh, they want this country to go away. That's that's what they want to do. They hate this country. They're making it very very clear now, and uh, it's terrible. Okay, so here's the the story I promised you. The uh, two longest running Fox shows 
are now joining uh, the likes of Netflix's Big Mouth and Apple's Central Park in making their cast more representative of what you see on the screen. All right. Let me let me make this statement. When you go see a movie or you let's say and, and the movie's animated, okay? They go out and get big names at times to do the voices. And they cast people to voice the characters for whom they believe can most effectively uh, be able to show the character in the light that they want the character to be illuminated. That's why they call it, Heidi, that's why they call it acting. (laughs) Because you're supposed to be able to put on a role. You're supposed to be able to, you know, literally get out of your skin and put on somebody else's skin. When I was doing stage work back when I was younger, and I played Captain Andy, and I played Don, you know, I played in Man from La Mancha and things of that nature. I like doing all of that stuff because for the amount of time that I was on the stage, that's the character that I was. Didn't I didn't perhaps believe uh, in the way they did. I mean, I didn't believe, you know, Captain Andy, Captain Andy, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein tried to show him being, of course, uh, a little above the racism of the time that, uh, you know, they were doing the minstrel shows and all of that. But they, you know, they delivered to their audience what they thought their audience wanted. And so you had blackface and you had everything else that was going on. So it, it just... Uh, that show did a lot to dispel the myth of racism by showing racism for what it was. Well, in a big shift, now the producers of The Simpsons say that they'll no longer use white actors to play characters of color on their long-running animated series. Additionally, one of the principal voice actors on Family Guy says he's going to stop playing the show's main black character. Quote, moving forward, the Simpsons will no longer have white actors voice non-white actors, the show said in a statement Friday. Mike Henry, who's been with Family Guy since its beginning, wrote on Twitter on Friday that he'll stop acting and voicing Cleveland Brown on the show. Quote, it's been an honor to play Cleveland on Family Guy for 20 years. I love this character, but a person of color should play characters of color. Really? In animated movies, if you're not the color of the character, you can't voice the character? So where did acting go? I don't get this. Therefore, I'll be stepping down from the role. Fox and the Family Guy producer, 20th Century Fox, declined comment. The Hollywood Reporter has reached out to reps for uh, creator Seth MacFarlane. The decision by The Simpsons and Henry follow recent moves by Netflix's Big Mouth and Apple Central Park 
to recast mixed-race characters with black or biracial actors as the industry continues to reckon with its history of inclusivity. Uh, Jenny Slate has played Missy on Big Mouth to date and Kristen Bell voiced Molly on Central Park. Are they supposed to be feel guilty about that? I don't get it. Uh, we'll talk more about it. We got another phone caller as well, 8230965, if you want to get in on the conversation. So let me just finish up. And Butch, I know you're waiting. I'm going to take you. Uh, Allison Bree voiced the Vietnamese American character Diane Nugent, Gun Yin, and uh, on Netflix is Bojack Horseman. That show's creator, Raphael Bob Waxberg, wrote on Twitter about his regrets over the decision, saying he intended to write away from stereotypes and create an Asian-American character who wasn't defined solely by her race, but I went too far in the other direction. On Friday, Bree posted an apology on Instagram for voicing the character. Now, she's an actress, okay? But she's sorry that she acted like an actress. I now understand that people of color should always voice people of color. No, I don't believe that. I do not believe that. Does that mean only homosexuals can play gay characters? I guess the Rock Hudson shouldn't have had had any kind of a uh, of a career. Uh, can trans people only play trans people? I mean, take this to its logical conclusion. All right, let's talk with Butch. He's in Conway. Butch, how are you today? Doing well. What's your take on this? I'm doing all right. What's your take on all of this? Well, we've uh, unfortunately have got a society that doesn't understand who we are or what we're supposed to be. With the the last, you know, it's really uh, probably the last generation or so, uh, they're they're too touchy feely, in my opinion, and that's what it is—an opinion. But with the way things are going, I mean, we're being—I guess uh, there's a, a true thing about having white guilt, and I don't understand that. I have, you know, the American people developed the country. They built it from basically nothing with uh, a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of people losing their lives, losing fortunes, particularly the founding fathers. Uh-huh. And we get to this point, and now they're ready to throw it away. And I think a lot of what the founding fathers were worried about is manifesting itself at this point in time. And I agree with that. Yes, and... Over the the centuries that this country has existed, we have managed to hold together and have a um, legitimate political system and a legitimate legal system. And right now we have neither. We watch the courts and we watch our politicians. And, And I keep going back thinking about the founding fathers of this. And they always admonished when they were speaking about being able to keep what we had been handed. That's what Franklin said. Somebody asked him, 
as a yeah. uh, as he came out of the Continental Congress that gave us the uh, or the Constitutional Conference. He gave us a Constitution, and he said, "Mr. Franklin, what have you given us?" And he says, "A Constitution, if you can keep it." That's right. Been handed a Republican. Jefferson said pretty much the same thing, talking about the the total republic. And then, with other things, they recognize there is going to be problems. And one of the quotes that uh, from Jefferson that I've, that's always stuck in my mind has been the fact that he said that it will be occasion. You know, uh, paraphrasing a little bit, that it will be necessary to water the tree of freedom with the blood of patriots and tyrants alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he we did have say avoided, that. We have avoided that for over 200 years. And Dave, I'm, I am, you know, reluctant to say, but that point may be passed. Well, it I'm, may I, be both. I'm not saying that it's time to take up arms yet. I, I'm not saying yet, but if you watch what's going on, it's getting to that point. How did the uh, couple in, in uh, St. Louis stop them from overrunning their property when it's threatening to take their guns, kill them, kill their dogs? Yep. They were standing there armed, and they were ready to use it. Well, the you know, people I, I, as a whole in the public has a reluctance to ever take armed warfare. But when they do, you can go back and look at the incident after World War II in uh, Dayton, Tennessee. You can go to other examples around the country. You can go out with Bundy out in Nevada. It didn't come down to a shooting match, but they flexed their muscle as free Americans. And I, that's what I'm afraid is coming, and that's going to be the only thing, unless these politicians start getting some guts about themselves. Well, and I'm not seeing it out of most of them. I, I think it comes down to, will the American people get guts? I keep waiting. I don't know how old you are. All right, I'm 67. and I remember, I'm 68. Okay, so I remember 67 and 68 when Ooh. it seemed like America was burning. In fact, yep. it was burning in the inner city. However, uh, with the anti-war protests that were going, the only people that were on the streets were young people, and then the hard hats came. You remember that? Yes. It changed the whole. It changed the whole conversation in this country. People who said America was was uh, not what it should be and needed to be done away with, and they were burning the American flag. Sounds awful familiar. The hard hats yep. stood up and said, no, the American flag stands about the best part of us, about where we're trying to get to, and we're not going to let you do this. And and they stopped it. They stopped it dead in its tracks, and it's going to take that type of resolve to stop what's going on right now. Oh, yeah. And, the, you know, the, the, there's a different personality to the american people now oh um, i'm not disagreeing with that and yeah and do you really wonder how many of them have the guts to do what needs to be done now to, to make the hard choices uh not to be I, the the thing that i've noticed and I, you know is um is the fact that there's a real the people are too thin-skinned they're uh they're insulted with any and everything, and there's a great reluctance to hurt anybody's feelings anymore. And to be honest, when you there's time that you have to you have to hurt their feelings. 
when they're wrong, and they're wrong right now. Well, that's a- in, in all that they're doing, and we. But the American people have set back and just, and, and as a whole, and taken it. I'm starting to see movement. To me, I'm seeing some out there where people are starting to say, no, this is enough. When they've blocked monuments where they can't get to them. The little lady in New York City that got in her face over uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, I love I, I love the little lady that the guy came up to her and right. and told her that, uh, you know, America was this and that. And she looked at it and she goes, little boy, is that the best you got? That's right. <laughs> and she didn't back laughed, up from him or any of them. That was, that was good. And I, I'm glad to see it. But the other, the, the other, the flip side of that is you look at most of them are standing up and they're like us. They've been around for a while. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I appreciate your call. I'm yeah. going to move on. Thanks, Butch, but appreciate your insights here on the Dave Ellswick Show today. Phone line's open to you, 823-0965. Now, if you got the exact opposite view that you think that uh, all of this is, is good for the country and yada, yada, uh, phone lines are open to you as well, 823-0965, 823-0965, and you can have your voice heard right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, but uh, when you start censoring things, one thing that happens many times is to avoid trouble, for instance, to avoid losing advertisers and things of that nature, uh, shows will self-censor themselves. They may not believe in what they're doing, but... Uh, you know they'll say well we gotta we gotta make we gotta make a dollar we gotta uh we're losing advertisers and so you know we'll back back on what we're doing and this statement here is a perfect example of self-censorship and not only that but the complete uh result of people saying something that's ridiculous. Acting is being able to act in a way that the producer wants or the director wants of a uh, of somebody uh, or a character that's done. And uh, Alison Brie, who's played a Vietnamese-American character on BoJack Horseman, uh, won't be doing it anymore. And Friday, uh, she put on the... Um, on her Twitter account, or pardon me, on Instagram, an apology for voicing the character writing, quote, I now understand that people of color should always voice people of color. That That's inherently wrong about acting. That's why acting is so important you're supposed to be able to you know be somebody else and put on the skin of somebody else and do what the director is asking you to do i mean look when i watch an animated movie i don't know if the person's doing the voices is the same color of the character that they're playing on an animated series do you do you sit down and look to see is that important to you 
I'll take calls on that as well. 8230965. The Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, taking your calls, 8230965. I'll hear from you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Phone lines open to you, uh, 8230965. 8230965. Bible Guys coming up in the next hour. If you still have a question, you can email it to us at Bible Guys at salem that's s-a-l-e-m-l-r dot com bible guys at salem l-r dot com just got two questions in just a moment ago if i get uh, any more i'll forward them to the guys so that they know the questions are coming to them uh during the next hour and they will uh, they'll answer them so we've got this movement now going on in hollywood and you've got these actors and actresses, and I guess I, I shouldn't call them actor and actresses. Now, they're all actors. I remember uh, several years back, I, rem- I forget how many years it has been, but a female wrote to me and said, uh, don't differentiate between men and women in their profession. They are all actors. Well, I'm okay. I don't understand why that's so important. To be honest, I'm. That, that was basically a way to give more awards out. I thought for doing all of that. So, bottom line is, that's that's what they're saying. All right, one of my buddies calling in from Dallas, Texas. Ned is with us. Ned, brother, how are you? Dave, how are you, sir? Can you hear me okay? I hear you fantastically crystal clear. No feedback or anything good? No. We're doing good. good, what, good, what's, good. Your, what's your take on this? Because I know that you're like me. I, I try to be, you know, empathetic towards people on some of this stuff, but it's got beyond being empathetic to being, you know, to me, ignorant and stupid. Yes, sir. I, I've been listening for, you know, several weeks and and, and trying to absorb all this. And, uh, man, I, I'm the same way. I think it's just going a little bit too far. I mean, I'm, I understand people that uh, that have been discriminated against, and I hate it. But, that gum, I mean... With everything, it seems like you're just trying to take every single thing away that this country has been based on. Well, I get, and it just breaks, and my, Ned, breaks let me, my heart. Let me ask you a question, Ned. Have you ever been discriminated against? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. Yes, so I have I. Yeah, I have. I think, I, well, I'm pretty sure because of my age, I've, I've missed out on a couple of jobs here recently. Um, because of my hair, people thought I was a dope smoker, but you know, I'm not a, I don't do that. I don't do drugs. You just got good hair. What can I say? I, I got man? good hair, brother. <laughs> That's good stuff. I look like a rock star, but I'm not, I mean, I don't smoke dope or anything <laughs> like that, but I, I get discriminated against sometimes. Uh, but I mean, you know, that gum, I mean, it's just, I have a lot of black friends, a lot. I grew up working in the postal service and I'm telling you, I, I love my black friends that I have. I love them. 
and I, I have respect for every black person out there as long as they abide by the law and they don't disrespect me or my family. There you go. Yeah, I'm the I mean, same way. That's, that's, that's just crazy. That, that is, I saw a video yesterday, a, a whole gaggle of people broke into a train and were handing out brand new TVs and, and this looting, you know, all this looting and stuff going on. And, and that's just, that's not okay. I don't agree with that at all. Whether it be white, black, or brown, the looting and the rioting is just terrible. It's terrible. I don't really see it here in Dallas, to be honest with you. Uh, I live in the suburbs, uh, but it did go on in downtown Dallas. But I haven't actually seen it physically myself since this all started. Well, here's what I would say. And thanks, Ned. It's good to talk to you. Call in more you often. Too, brother. Call in more okay, often. Brother. All right. We'll talk to you later. He, uh, used to be a bus driver for uh, uh, Little Rock Tours, and I got to know Ned really, really well. We attended church at the same church and worshiped together and, and whatnot. And, and I'm like him. I got a lot of black friends. All right, now they think kind of like I do. So there's a lot of you would say, well, you, you only like the black people that are like you, Dave. Well, let me ask you a question. Can you be a friend to somebody that – if you went out with them, all they did was talk to you about how you were keeping them as part of the downtrodden or whatever. Because people of of color would have a hard time telling me that. If they measure my life by my actions, and that's isn't that what Dr. King said we're supposed to do, not by the color of people's skins, but by, by how we live our lives and how we treat other people? How is it that the people that are tearing down statues and and saying this is the and are calling for violence now, uh, like this guy at, out of New York from Antifa, black guy on Antifa, Doctor King would have said, "Son, that's not the way you do this." And there's people that are out there saying, "Yeah, but uh, if we don't do it by force, it'll never get done." I don't believe that. Look, I remember what it was like before the civil rights era. Believe me, I remember. I remember being at a Greyhound uh, bus station and a black man couldn't drink out of the same water fountain I did or use the same restroom that I did or even sit anywhere on the Greyhound bus like I could. Didn't like it. And we got it changed. People could come in and get served at restaurants. Rosa Parks wouldn't sit in the back of the bus. I'm just saying. But Rosa Parks didn't get off the bus and walk to the nearest store and break a plate glass window and walk in the store and start taking stuff. The people that were out marching with Dr. King didn't do that stuff either. They had dogs sicked on them. They had water hoses turned on them. They were bludgeoned by, you know, the police and all kinds of stuff. They were bloodied. And when the uh, Dr. King showed up in Washington, what did he talk about? Talked about the character of a person. And he talked about jobs. So Dave Ellswick Show, Bible Guys are next.
to hide from the light. We made friends with the night. We were headed the wrong way on a one-way track. Going nowhere fast. We got used to the dark. We thought this is who we are. And we figured that we were just too far gone. But we were wrong. Josh Wilson gets it's back on and I just didn't know his name. I recognized the song immediately. I didn't know if it was Josh Wilson. So good job, Josh. All right. Now I just I want to know it's got kind of a little little bit of uh I don't know. Can he sing that kind of music? I don't know. Is he what he says he is? And because if if you're not, then you you can't sing the music. Isn't that right? I mean, I've just been talking about the Simpsons. You get if you're a white actor, you can't do a oh, black yeah. character yep. col- or anyone of color. Yep. That's why I thought they called it acting. Yeah, you can't, you can't you can't do any more impersonations or That's imitations. Right. I guess you know, not. Uh, you got to just be you. Yeah, yeah. So then, can can a, can an older woman play the part of a younger woman? Can a twenty wow, something play the trouble. part of a teenager? Can uh, can a bald guy wear a wig and play a guy with hair? No, I mean, just, no, you can't. No to any of those things, but anyone can play a straight white male. So there you go. That's right. But isn't that going to be hard for for groups like Hamilton, who are if you have, if, if you have a, a a cast of color trying to play uh, founding fathers and things? I mean, wh- wh- yeah, what, they were white. What? what about where, where's the line for this? You know, there is no line. Yeah. The line stops with white people. I'm just yeah, saying. Right. I'm being honest with you here. That's why. They, you know, it's you, you're a privileged class, guys. I'm offended yep. by that, Dave, because mm-hmm. I'm not white. I'm from Ireland and I'm from England and Germany, so I expect you to dress me as an Irish, uh, Germanic, Anglo. British, Anglo. Well, you I cannot dress me by that color. Native American, so do I get to whip out the Native American? I know I look. Well, yeah, but do I get to whip, get, whip out? Whip they're going to let you uh, put your, you know, your your home right on top of Mount Rushmore because it was sacred land that we took from them. What can I say? It's foolish. It's, it's absolute all it's it's foolish. absolute ignorance. That's what people. That's times. how people become when they turn their their face from the truth, and and that's exactly the case. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. Good morning. It's Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday morning, and let me tell you, here's here's what we're going to deal with today. We're going to deal with all those questions and a lot of other questions today, but we're going to deal with it from a book of truth amen amen not supposed truth that some people say this is our truth god i hate that term yeah i hate that well my truth i hate that I do too. your opinion That's is right. all right now it doesn't mean it's the truth just means you got an opinion just like you have a ooh, ooh, uh everybody has one of those too <laughs> just letting you know I had to pause for that one. I was like, <laughs> okay, got that one. Yeah, you got he it. believed himself. I believed yeah. myself. Yeah. All right, so we'll start off with your first question. So I was wondering what your opinion might be regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to stop right there because there's a great story that came out yesterday. Did you see where Denzel Washington mm. talked about getting the Holy Spirit at church years mm. ago? No. And why? His life changed because he got the Holy Spirit? No, I didn't see that. Oh, I can't believe that uh, the media covered that story, to be mm, honest. Yeah. Uh, well, what would he say? Uh, well, he said it made the difference in his life. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what he said. I got the Holy Spirit. The way, <laughs> awesome. I, the way awesome. I looked at things changed. So good for him. Dramatically. I'm looking forward to this new 
uh, movie Tenet that's coming out that uh, Christopher Nolan is uh, putting out. That's coming out in July towards, I think, about the third week. Uh, the person who's starring in it is Denzel Washington's son. Oh, really? So I'm um, I'm uh, interested to see if if the genes move down. <laughs> All right, because right? I'm going to tell you what he's Denzel Washington, one of my favorite mm, actors. He's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked him. I liked him in run this last one. Was it Runaway Train? Oh, he yeah. played the engineer and yeah, stuff. Was he, he was getting ready to retire. Yep. It was a great movie. Did you see the, the, the Book of Eli? Oh, I love oh, that. Isn't that great yeah. one? Yeah, you, <laughs> if you don't like Christianity, you won't like the movie. Especially, well, you might because you're ignorant of the truth. Right. So you'll think that, you'll think that they're giving you some new truth in the book and uh-huh. thing. And at the end of the movie, it slaps you right in, I, in the was, face. It was good. No, it, it was, was, really, it was good. really good. Yeah, it I, was. I loved it. And that you had somebody who had completely memorized the Bible. <laughs> I don't. I don't great. purchase movies just by and large. But did you, it's, did it's you get one that one? The, it's one of the half a dozen or so that I actually own. So. I think you could do a life group and show that movie <laughs> and then talk about it. Well, you might want to omit the cannibalism that went on in the, in the middle of it, but to, but to know the people but, who turn around right yeah. from the truth do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just it was it was a great uh, ending to that movie. Oh, if you, really if was. you portrayed the the Bible accurately and in all of its pictorial imagery it would look a lot like in certain areas of the bible of all the bloodshed that happened like oh, yeah. some of it did in the book of eli the bible's very crude in certain be an areas. r-rated movie it probably would be oh yeah it'd have to be yeah were you surprised that he was uh blind at the i mean were no, you, no i you knew it. You i picked it up i, I mean it pretty well was pretty clear i mean you never seen blink oh you know i didn't even notice that I didn't yeah. catch it until like a day and a half later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't blink in the movie. And that's our Steve. About fifteen seconds Sharp, ago. So. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, all right. So, let, and and then to have have him and uh, Gary Oldham in that movie as well, who yeah. is mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. a great yeah, actor. <laughs> I mean, he's a great actor. All right. So, do you believe that all the gifts are available for us today? If so, why don't we see them very often? What about the ministry gifts of Ephesians four? Do you believe they are still around, and if so, why don't we see them very often? Also, can I, quote, claim, unquote, the promises listed in the Bible for myself? Thank you. There's like three, Boy, three questions There's there. a lot in that. Yeah. That's a, that's a two-hour show, but oh, that's all yes, right. Yes, <laughs> you're not looking for them, and yes. <laughs> all right. I mean, I mean quite also, that, that's, a, that's, a, you know, that's a, a month worth of sermons right there. Right. Um, oh, I'll just jump in uh, and... Um, Maybe take the the least the kind of work from the bottom up. The last one was, can I claim the promises of the scripture for myself? Um, for the most part, yes. If God makes his promises to his people and you are one of his people, then you can claim those promises. But at the same time, promises are conditional. Right. Um, you, you can't just claim a promise without understanding if there is a condition to receiving the promise. But the promises of God, the Bible says in the New Testament, it says the promises of God are yes and amen. So, God's promises are for his children. If you are one of his children, the promises belong to you. Someone says, well, what about the promises uh, related to Israel? If you're grafted in, then you also are part of the, the, the commonwealth of Israel. Therefore, the promises belong to you. But then again, you have to know the prerequisites to obtaining the promise. You can't just vicariously go about wanting the benefit without the obligations to get the benefit. So it's, um, it's, it's not just a straightforward question, but uh, yes, okay. conditionally. Yeah. I've dealt with this with some other people who who have this. I, 
and I hold a similar view, but they have this view that, that God's going to restore the church back to its first century origins in which we will see all the miracles that were done. And I say that we, they do, and we hear of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have seen the prophetic gift work. I've seen the gift of tongues work. Um, but one of the things that we need to keep in mind is when we read the scriptures, especially the book of Acts, the book of Acts, I believe, covers 19 days of a 38-year period. Right. And so we get the idea that every time they took a step, somebody was being raised from the dead, somebody was being raised up off being healed. Um, every sickness and everything that they touched their hand to and everything that they did was done, and we should just be able to turn on CNN and watch the same thing happen. That's kind of the mentality. When Does it have to they be say, CNN? Could it not be <laughs> Yeah. <Okay. laughs> but they just have this mentality that we should just be seeing it everywhere. Right. And, 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 it, it hap- and back then, it was the smaller aspect of the room and culture, if you will, because that's when all this took place in. So it wasn't on every turn. And because you can sit down and read the book of Acts in about an hour or two, then you expect it to be the same every time we step into church and every time we walk down the street. And it's just not the case. They are happening. People are being healed and people are being raised and gifts are flowing. But most of the time they're not looking for them. Um, So I think that's one aspect of it. So I was sitting here thinking back if there were any of the nine gifts that I haven't seen demonstrated in the course of my lifetime, perhaps um, the word of wisdom. I mean, I've known some very wise men, but I don't know that I've ever seen anything that I could specifically, and it's because it's a hard one to deal with, mm-hmm. that I could put my finger on and go, that was the word of wisdom coming forth. I know some wise men who have spoken, and maybe they were operating in that gift, but the other gifts, absolutely, I've seen them all at one point or another in my life. And as for why we don't see them day in and day out, I think the primary answer to that, primary answer to that is because we live in the U.S. Um, you have to go back to the beginning of the book of Acts and see why the Holy Spirit was coming. It was to give power that we might be witnesses. And the reality situation is America's had its time of witness. There, There's no one who hasn't heard the name of Jesus. Very few. There, there are, unfortunately, we have regressed as a society, and there now are pockets where people don't know the name of Jesus. But um, the purpose of the gifts were to demonstrate God. And this nation no longer needs a demonstration. We've had our time of, de- of demonstration. We've had our time of evidence. Um, so we, yes, we occasionally see, um, gifts. Uh, I've seen people healed people who I personally knew were, were ill or injured and seen those uh, afflictions go away, but we don't see it like, um, they see in third world countries where you're dealing with indigenous populations who have never heard the name of Jesus and the Holy spirit is there mighty and powerful performing miracles to prove this is the God of the universe. Now, wait a second. That doesn't happen because it's not the right dispensation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I day, would. You said day, a wordy day. dirt. <laughs> I'm just but saying that's, it, that, I, it, that's yes, part of the problem. All, all nine gifts of the Spirit are still available because God is still, because right. the Lord doesn't change. All that's the right. gifts are available and, and they should be seen uh, on and, and with regularity. I think one of the reasons why we don't see them uh, just in addition to what's already been said, I think that one of the reasons why we don't see them is because so many churches just don't believe in them anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they teach against them. Uh, they teach if you do these things. Some churches even teach if you do them, they're of the devil. Right. Uh, and right. Uh, so if you're if you're going to be because the devil's really into running around healing people. Uh, you, know? you know what? So if you're if you're teaching they against did that them, in the New Testament. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They did yeah. accuse Jesus. They, of the, they, yeah. they said Jesus was of Satan. And yeah. so if you if you if you teach against the gifts of the Holy Ghost, I mean, there are some churches where if you lift your hands to worship, someone's <laughs> going to come to you and say, we don't do that here. Right. Even though the Bible says lift up your hands in the sanctuary. I mean, even though the Bible says to do it, they'll say, we don't do that here. You need to stop that. We And so if they're teaching against it, if they're forbidding, actually, the Bible says forbid not right. to speak in tongues. Yet what do we do? We forbid it, yeah. and we teach against it. So a big reason why a lot of churches don't see it is because they don't believe in it. If there's any hint of it, they shut it down. So, um, so, But on the other side, at our church, we see gifts of healing. We see tongues, interpretations. Mm-hmm. We see prophecy. We see these things maybe not on a weekly basis, but you're going to see Regularly. them like a few times yeah. each month. They're going to be happening. And if Jesus is the same, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then what he did, he should still be doing. And if they don't, if you don't see it, you might want to consider putting a sign on your door saying out of order right? because it is out of order not to see the miraculous and not to see the gifts and the moving of the Holy Ghost. might want to put Ichabod Ooh. over the door of your uh, And what does Ichabod mean? God has departed. Yeah, the glory has yeah. departed. The other part I would add is part the, about Ephesians. I don't know why one wouldn't. Keep yeah. your thought. Gotcha. All right. We've got to take best. a break. It was my yeah. I'll try I let it. you start talking i should have stopped you before you stopped talking dave sorry but i'm gonna stop you i hurt my feelings i know i did i know take your your cancel culture and and get me me fired all right we'll take a break it's the uh the dave ellswick show the bible guys are here if you got a question eight two three zero nine six five eight two three zero nine uh six five i i did hear one person say to me well more than one person i've had it happen to me and you point something out in the Bible, what they say doesn't happen anymore. And you look at him and you say, but the Bible says this. And he says, well, that was before this happened. That doesn't happen anymore. You hear it all the time. Okay, let's take a break. we got to get to that. PI Roofing wants you to know if you got a problem with your roof, take a break. You don't have to worry about it. Just call 707-3554 at 707 707- Three five five one, and the folks at the other end of the line aren't going to come to your house. You don't have to go to their business, but they'll take care of getting your your roof fixed. If you've noticed you got a leak, or it's been years since somebody's looked at your roof, and when you look at it, it you know you know what I'm saying. It looks old and decrepit. There's shingles missing and things of that nature. Let PI Roofing just come out and walk your roof and tell you if you need some things done. I mean, they'll be honest with you. They'll tell you if it needs a, a a complete roof, if you're okay, if you need one little area fixed, all of that, because they're the roof leak detectives. Just call them, 707-3551, or go to their website, piroofing.com. I've used them. They did a great job. Uh, I know that uh, Matt Smith has used them, did a great job on uh, uh, the the, the uh, uh, Cabot Cinema. And Steve just raised his hand. They did his house. And so has Scott. All right. A lot of people have used them because I used them, and everybody knows it came out really good. All right. Traffic and weather every 10 minutes on nines, and the Bible guys are back. We got still more of this first question to answer. Well, I felt a really kind of cool thing going up my leg. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Oh, it's a lizard. No, uh, it's a squirrel. It's a squirrel. <laughs> Ray what? Stevens is a squirrel in that oh. church, man. Have you ever heard that song? <laughs> no. I'll play that for you one day. Okay. <laughs> It'll be kick. Squirrel brought the Holy Spirit to that, mm-hmm. that yeah, church. Yeah. It's very funny. All right, with that said, <clears throat> let's turn over to Steve. I cut him off. 
pick up where you were at, sir. Uh, we were talking about um, Ephesians and those gifts. And one of the things that um, you can actually see those gifts work as far as a, a apostle, prophet, um, evangelist, and pastor, and teacher. Because when you look at certain ministers, you can see what gift they operate best in. There are sure. people who have the gift of being a pastor and they have this a natural shepherding ability within them. You have other men who are just natural evangelists uh, and then natural teachers, guys who can just dissect the Word of God, and your apostles are your sent ones. And so they exist today. I don't know why this person wouldn't think they do. And one of the I use examples of modern um, evangelists today, how people have gotten outside of their realm. There are great evangelists who bring a lot of people to uh, to the faith, but they're not teachers. Right. And they've been put up on pedestals as theologians and teachers, and they're not. And their job is to get the crowd excited, get people encouraged, and get them saved. But they don't operate in the gift of teacher. And so, unfortunately, these guys are outside of their gift today, and they're just encouragers and edifiers, and their doctrine is goofy because they're not they're outside their realm they're outside their teach so you could these gifts are in operation today you just have to look and you don't realize that you're sitting underneath a teacher or a pastor or an evangelist or a pastor until you're just listening to them and you can you can tell if you just listen well because they're so smooth yeah i mean seriously i mean francis schaefer is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that i mean there's no doubt he was called to teach mm-hmm. yeah and that's he, what he, he had did. A, he had a prophetic leaning too and yeah he, but, you know, when you read those, I think a part, of, it goes back like with the Holy Spirit, a lot of it's bad teaching. I was raised in a, in a denominational church, and we were taught that there were no more apostles, there were no more prophets, um, that, that there were uh, more or less, there were evangelists and there were pastors and there were teachers. Uh, and so some, some of it is bad teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and But if you read that those that verse there in Ephesians 4, Right after it lists the, the the four gifts, then it tells you how long they'll be around. Can you read that that verse, Steve? Uh, it says, "And he has given himself some apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ." Till there you go, we all come to the unity of faith. So, if you can ask the question, is the is is the body mature? Is have we all come to the unity of the faith? No, that means these gifts are there until that is accomplished. So. Uh, the more we teach against these things, the longer we slow down <laughs> right. our reaching the unity Ooh. of the faith. So if you're going to you, you, you can't complain about us not being in the unity of faith if you're actually undermining the very vehicle God's going to use to get us to that point. Right. So um, at our at our church, we encourage um, all the particular um, giftings to, to function to uh, and to flourish. So they're there. They're out there. But if you're in a, if you're in a in a room where they're not allowed, that's why you're not seeing them. Amen. But if you come out of your room, you'll find they're everywhere. And I just would like to make another point on this verse where it says that the job of those guys is not the ministry. See, a lot of people yeah. think that they are the ministry, that when you become a pastor or an evangelist or a prophet, you've obtained ministry. No, it says why. For mm-hmm. the equipping of the saints. That means all the, the people pew in for the work of ministry. Yeah. So you can go outside that building right. and then become a sent one who goes to their job. So they're no longer what? Um, so equipping for the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Keep reading. Uh, until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. Boom. Perfect man. Keep on going. They were not tossed to. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by, by every, every wind, wind of doctrine. doctrine. Yeah, take a look at uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. You want to see people being thrown to and fro. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. It is. It's, it's very sad. It's very sad. It is very sad. They're, they're, 
they're losing it. Yep. They're losing it. Right. And the, that's because the, the messengers aren't doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Yep. The point there is that th- those um, jobs, if you will, were meant to equip you as an individual to the point that you knew what was in that book and you didn't have to have someone tell you what it says and what your doctrine should be. All right. We'll stop the first half of this show uh, on that. And then we'll come back after we have Rush. Rush is up with his um, minute update here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. This next question is a hard question. Just going to let you know it's a hard question. Here's what uh, the listener says. How should I counsel someone who is not sure if they are really saved? They've prayed to be saved, but they live in a continual state of uncertainty. What would you say to someone like that? It's a good question. Uh, no, yeah. it's very good. I don't think a lot it of people is. struggle with that. Um, I'll defer to somebody else, and then I can chime in later. Um, yeah, that's a that's a very. You got to ask them what they're measuring. Um, are they measuring um, by the things that they do, by the length of their prayer time, by the length of their study time, by how many good deeds they? What are they measuring? How, how they, they feel, feel. right? Yeah. Right, yeah. and if it's if it's how they feel because they're dealing with a thought life, there's a difference. And I try to explain it this way to people is there's a difference between the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the condemnation mm-hmm. of the enemy. And and how you have to look at that is if the Spirit of God, if depending on what level, so if this is a person who's made a confession of faith and saying that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and they want to live a righteous, moral, and ethical life and follow the commandments and do all those things and, and just be a believer as we would commonly identify someone as a believer, then there's going to be this aspect where the Spirit of God is going, hey, you remember when you gossiped about that person? Remember when you had that thought a little bit too long about this or about that? And he's a, a counseling, um, comforting father who's trying to correct your behavior, your thought life, and the patterns in your life. But if it's the voice is more of a, you look at you, you can't do that. You're never going to overcome this. And if it's more of a condemning um, voice then it's that of the enemy. And so I would try and get them to find out exactly how are they feeling and what is it that they're thinking that they haven't uh, obtained faith. Because then you got to remind them of all the scriptures that talk about it, that it's by faith, it's not by works, and all of those things that you're never going to do enough to earn it. Right. You're never going to be holy enough to be accepted and just point to all those scriptures that deal with that. Perfection doesn't come until death. Yeah. Correct. I typically, whenever someone comes to me, um, because like what Steve is saying, it can be so nuanced and so multifaceted why they're dealing with this but i i try to ask them just really simple question like if they believe the bible to be true and they're going to they're going to say yes for the most part and then and so i just take them to the verse there in in romans the romans road and say you know do you believe yes have you confessed jesus as lord yes do you believe that god raised from the dead yes i said well if, if you believe the bible to be true the bible says if you do these things then you are saved so if you believe the Bible to be true, then you are saved regardless of how you feel. And by the way, we don't walk by, by sight, but we walk by, by faith. So your job is not to trust that you've done what the Bible says. Whether you feel it or not, you are saved. Now you need to start dealing with your flesh because your flesh doesn't get saved. Your mind doesn't get saved. Your spirit does. So you believe the word is true. This is what the word says to be saved. You've done that. Therefore, you believe that you're saved regardless of how you feel. And now you start working on these other these other aspects. So there has to be a ground or a foundation they believe mm-hmm. first. And so that that's typically how I work with people. So I always encourage uh, the question, the person asking the question is just to take them back to the word, lead them through 
that Romans road and say, have you done this? Have you done this? Do you believe this? And if they say yes to all those things, then, then two plus two equals four. You are now saved yeah. regardless of how you feel and regardless of what's in your head. So you now trust in the word on these things. And now we can start dealing with your with your thought life from this point forward. Yeah. And the, the final point you made there, a lot of times it's a matter of trying to convince people um, that their opinion really doesn't matter in yeah. that one. The scripture says, here's what this takes. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not feeling it, quote unquote, um, scripture hasn't changed because of the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I would go back to the, to the earlier statement. My, my question is, my first question is always why, why, why are we dealing with this? Why are you feeling this way? And a lot of times it's, um, it's some sin they've committed in the past that they don't feel like they've made, um, restitution, restitution yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And so they can't let go of it. I mean, God's already let go of it. You, right. you ask for forgiveness. It's done for God, but they're hanging on to it. They're hanging on to that personal, um, sin or whatever it was, what that personal injury. And, they can't forgive themselves and therefore they assume God has not forgiven them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one of those things that I find most often in cases like that. But you, you got to get to the reason of why they're feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of roads you could take with that. Okay. All right. So there you go. It's not an easy answer. No. Not an easy answer. Put it that way. All right. Uh, one other part it said, what is your view of the book of revelation? Is it all future or is some of it presently happening to us? Thanks so much. Ooh, they left out a category. Some of it's already done. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge question. Yeah, we're going to have to do about a three-month-long <laughs> segment just on that question alone. Yeah. It's, go ahead. Go, I would say just just as a, as, a, as a brief answer, I would just say that um, uh, my view of the book Revelation is um, that um, it's a – obviously, it's the Word of God – but it's a special type of literature. The Bible says there are different types of literature in the Bible. There's history books. Um, there are um, poetry books. Uh, and there are uh, prophetic books or apocalyptic uh, type books. And you read all these things differently. Um, you don't read a, you know, you don't read a medical journal the same way you read a, you know, a novel. There's a different way of reading mm-hmm. books. And so the same point is true here. You don't, you don't read the book of Revelation like you read the Gospels. Um, so it's a, it's a book. That deals with apocalyptic literature, which is uh, it's very um, hebraically nuanced. But the first chapter actually says, God speaking to John, he says, write the things which are, which you have seen, past tense, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So actually, what John is writing are things that have already happened, things he's seeing happen in his lifetime, and the things that are going to be uh, after. So the Bible, I think, is divided up into three different parts, past, present, and future. And then the challenge becomes to dissect that as to determine which ones are, are past for John, which ones are present for John, and which ones are future for all of us. Okay. Yeah. But, I'm currently working on a course yeah, here for the go. Institute <laughs> that will be uh, three semesters long. Right? It's going to be 36 lectures, and it deals with um, prophecy. Um, but it's my problem, you know, this whole school and everything that we do and all that we believe is one of the things that I've seen even in the Hebraic Roots movement is they took what was traditionally taught in most denominations and most churches and they just slapped Hebrew names on it, but they didn't change and reevaluate how they look. Mm-hmm. And apocalyptic literature, which the book of Revelation is, is something that has been completely overlooked. And too many people are reading the book of Revelation and thinking that they can turn on the television, right. open up a newspaper and literally watch it unfold. And that's not how it's written. And so I think we need to be very cautious, though I do believe that we are approaching the end of times, um, but you, that's not how you're supposed to read the book of Re- Revelation and realizing that what 
when you say apocalyptic literature, it's revelatory. Um, like if you ask somebody what does apocalypse mean, they think it means war. It doesn't. It means revelation. It right. means the understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. Um, and it's and if you say this to certain people, somebody you might want to sit down. The Bible uses what we <clears throat> hyperbole and hyperbolic language, and to say things like, um, you know, and all of the world that this happened, or that this was going to happen, and it's never going to be like this ever again. It's not meant to be taken literally. It's not meant to be taken that there's dragons getting up out of the water and and, and scorpions stinging people for five months. Uh, that's just language to trying to get you to understand the event that's happening, and so. If you look at the intensity of the book of Revelation, this what is happening today is nothing compared to what's good. You will not have to ask that question when the actual end of times open. But right. look broadly. And, don't try and be specific chapters first. Because I think God still has his hand, for instance, on our nation. Mm-hmm. I yep. believe he does. Yep. If it's this bad, as some of us are seeing it, and he's still working— what happens when he washes his hands oh, yeah. and says, okay, that's how you want it? Here it is. Yeah. yeah. One thing also about the book of Revelation is it's the most, I would say, the most Hebraic book of the New Testament. There are more quotes and references of Old Testament scriptures in the book of Revelation than there are verses in the book of Revelation. In other words, right. I think there's like 400 and something verses in the book of Revelation, but there are over 500 references and quotes from the old testament in the book of revelation so if you don't understand the book the old testament you're really going to have a hard time figuring out what's going what's going on in the book of revelation if you don't understand hebraic roots yeah you're going to have a hard time understanding it's true you know what god's saying in that book that's right the part that blows people's minds away is if i was to say to you that the book of revelation has happened and is going to happen they, yeah. they can't. They'll just spontaneously combust. They can't take that, that the Bible was written that way. That an event can be written about one event, but it's also overlaying or, or being parabolic language to say it's going to happen again, very similarly, but maybe a little bit shadows and a little bit different. And so we can give you good historical references that really showed how the Book of Revelation and Matthew twenty four and some of the stuff dealt with the first century Jewish people and the destruction of the temple. But yet there were also aspects of it. You go, well, that didn't really fully happen yet. Okay, and you're going to deal with that in teaching this in that course, yes. Okay, so how do people take this course? <laughs> well, it's going to be it's going to take me about a year and a half to get it fully done and recorded and everything, and then it'll be available on Dude, the website. Christ to have come back. Right. <laughs> But the uh, it's one of the – sometimes I think I need to turn it into a book because there just hasn't been um, very much good, solid teaching dealing with that aspect of literature. Yeah. And one in, in just in a, a practical way. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that there was a famine in all of the world. But yet it says the people from Judea sent food down to the people. I think it was in the Samaria where the, flood, where the, where the uh, famine was happening. Um. So that's not all the world then, if the people who are 100 miles away can send food down to the famine, the people in the yeah, south. Yeah, but it's I look at idiom. it if there's, right. if there's a famine in all the world, that doesn't mean that there's no food at all. Right. It just meant that they gave sacrificially. And just like, so when they say something like, in all of the world that this was going to happen in the book of Revelation, a lot of times that word simply means the land. It right. just means Eretz, right. Israel. So it, 
there's a lot more, and I'm just unfortunately. We have, we have expressions like that in American English. We'll say, well, everybody and their brother's dog is doing it. Yep. Yeah. Dogs are doing that? What? What are you right. talking about? It's just an expression. Yeah, it's raining it, cat and dog. Right, right. What, 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 <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if, if that was in the Bible? We would have people trying to literally describe that someday exactly. we're going yep. to have pets falling from the sky. Right. It's right. just an expression. Yep. Yeah. And I will say, if if our answers have have left you scratching your head and wondering if you're in better shape before or after <laughs> answers, congratulations. Right. Um, because Revelations is a book that is meant to be wrestled with. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, in chapter 1, verse 3, there is a blessing for those who yep. read uh, and and take to heart what is there. So this is this is not a book you're supposed to read one time and go, okay, got it. Uh, this is a book you were, I've been this is the book where I chose to start wrestling at the age of nine, uh, and here I am some 40-something years later, and I'm still wrestling with it, right? So um, I, if you ever get to the point where you've got it, that all figured out, let me know, and we'll, A, talk about the sin of pride, and then, B, help you get um, o- over that. So Yeah, uh, and before reading it, you should probably read something like Hal Lindsey, you know, I'm just... <laughs> Stop it, David. <laughs> Stop it. I'm sorry. You need to repent. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just being. Well, I say know, it this way, too. The book caustic. of Revelation and the prophecies about the future are not meant to. When I get really. I cringe when I hear all these prophecies saying, prophecy teachers saying that this is going to happen, then this, then right, this, then right. this, then this. It's not. Nobody knew how Jesus was going to come when he came the first time. They had no idea. He came completely different Hundreds than they of expected prophecies. him. And, and we could read clearly. And so he, I believe that he is going to come completely differently than how the church is teaching today. And they are going to be messed up when he does things differently because they thought they had it all figured out just like the first century Jews thought they had it all figured out. So yep. be what careful. That, what's that? Uh, I think it's Ray Stevens that sings. Is that kind of Ray Stevens kind of guy? What if Jesus came today? Doesn't he sing a song about if Jesus came to your uh, church you're, today, you're, what would he that's, find? That's just not, mm, I, just, I, don't know. I don't know. You need to quit it's reading those cuneiform tablets. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, so anyway. All right, where do you go to get these these courses you're talking about? AmericanInstitute.org. You can register and become a student, and you can just take them just for credit for a degree, or you can just take them just for the information. All right, we got one more question when we come back, and I think we might be able to handle it. We'll find out, and it's specifically to Dr. Scott. We'll ask him the question when we return. Here on The Bible Guys, 101.1 FM, The Answer. I'm going to say this comes from one of the members of your church, Scott. Okay. I'm wondering if Dr. Scott could recount that, quote, prophecy, unquote, one of his church members had about a four-year pause or something like that. Yeah. I had to do – it had to do with judgment, and then I was wondering if Pastor Steve would comment because he said the judgment was upon us yet. It wasn't. I think yeah, it was. It. Yeah, that's what you meant. And I hope this makes sense. Yeah. And Billy, we'll even let you in on it even though they didn't mention you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, back in um, August – um, of uh, 2016, there's a guy in our church who functions very much in the prophetic ministry. His name is Leonard Ford, and um, and he brought uh, the Lord spoke to him and told him that the Lord was granting a four year reprieve of judgment that was due the United States. And um, so when I when I heard that, I took that that uh, Trump was was going to get elected. And also, I took that that um, that we had four years to get our house in order 
because now maybe we would get another four-year reprieve. Maybe we wouldn't. But I took that as being we got four years of a stay of judgment. Uh, what that judgment looks like, we didn't know. So that was 2000. So that was 2016. So we put our church on track to actually be out of debt by the end of 2019. The Bible says you believe the prophets, you prosper. So we chose to believe that prophetic word, and the church was out of debt in 2019. So we were poised to go into 2020, not knowing if we got another four-year reprieve or not. And uh, lo and behold, 2020 arrives, the end of that four-year reprieve, and we're hit with COVID, we're hit with uh, riots, we're hit with uh, companies shutting down, we're hit with churches shutting down. Mm -hmm. And so um, is this the judgment that that prophecy was referring to, or is it the birth pangs of that judgment? I think that's kind of what the questioner is asking, and I guess the part for you is saying, do you, is it the... Um, Thank you. Last week you mentioned it. You wouldn't have to ask if it was right, really, but it's right. just the beginning of right. that related back to the prophecy that Leonard Ford gave. Um, and, and Prophet Ford is not the only person that's mentioned. There's been a, um, several people that I've heard. Not I don't know all their names, but because I listen to so many different guys, I've heard comments like that been made about the four year. Now doesn't and when people try to tie that to the president, that's they're misunder, completely misunderstanding um, um, that. President Trump is not our savior, right? right? So we need to be careful about thinking that somehow a right conservative, whatever, however you want to use that. Um, but I believe that the days that we're in right now is just what we've asked God for. And right. what we've asked right. for God is to get out of our schools, to get out of our government, to get out of our churches, to basically get out of every aspect of our society. And when I've had people um, talk about the book of Romans, where it talks about how God turned people over to a reprobate mind because uh, they no longer wanted his advice, his counsel, or leading. I just tell them now we don't need to go to a thesaurus or a uh, lexicon to find out what that means. We just look out the window to find out exactly what a reprobate mind is. So we're not in the judgment, but I do believe, as Pastor Scott just said, we're in the birth pangs of God just simply removing his hand. He hasn't moved it to our backside yet. He simply just removed it to let us try and govern ourselves without his wisdom and his counsel and his spirit hovering over this nation. Now, Heidi, how long is that song, Is Jesus a Stranger? Because that's right. That's a, that's the song that Ray Stevens did. Three minutes, three-ish, two-and-a-half-ish. Because <laughs> he was doing it for AM radio, so you couldn't do a really long song. They, w- they wouldn't play it if it was a long song. That's why you had it. You found it. You got it. She's not talking. Anyway, she's looking. <laughs> she's looking for it. She's just just trying to get a hold of it. Bottom line is that uh, I'll end the show today with that. Okay. Because if Jesus came back today, would he be a stranger to your church? So I I, uh, I had a meeting with a couple of pastor friends, and we were talking about how I had gotten to where I'm today. And, and I said, here's the problem with the with the primary problem with churches today with the modern church it's that if jesus himself walked through the back door you would ask him to cut his hair shave his beard put on a three-piece suit get baptized in his name for the remission of his sins somehow so that he could get saved from the religion that he established that's that's a problem we'll have you guys back next tuesday have a great fourth of july guys here's the song by ray stevens but he's looking straight at you. So if Jesus is a stranger, get yourself introduced. I ain't no preacher. Oh, but I know wrong from 
I'm right. I ain't no saint. Ain't no saint. But I know I've seen the light and I'm giving you warning in a friendly sort of way that he will be coming back someday. Yes, and if Jesus is a stranger, check your circle of friends. yourself introduced I'm not some religious nut no I'm just stating the facts you might be straying but there's still time to turn back cause the day is coming when you have to sink or swim and it won't matter who you know if you don't know him Check your circle of friends Whoa, call brother You're in danger And it's time to make amends You might be looking the other way But he's looking straight at you So if Jesus is a stranger Get yourself introduced If Jesus is a stranger Check your circle of friends Whoa, call brother Dave Ellswick show here on a Tuesday and uh, what a better way to end the last hour than to have RNC spokesperson Liz Harrington on with us here in the Dave Ellswick show I read an article last week about when read and there wasn't much explanation about it although the writer said it was going to have a lot of effect on the election coming up in November so if I want to get the the real scoop on this, got to have Liz on because she'll give us the real scoop. But before we talk about WinRed and you want to hear about it, I got to ask Liz, are you ready to get the dynamite and, and blow up uh, Mount Rushmore, Liz? Are you ready to get are you re- are you ready to get the faces of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln and Roosevelt off of that mountain? I mean, we we forcibly took it from the American Indian. Well, apparently the DNC is. Uh, they're tweeting that, oh, you know, if you happen to celebrate the 4th of July uh, at Mount Rushmore, you must be a white supremacist. Yeah, that's, that's I, what they how, said. 
they tweeted that. They deleted it, but we know that's how they feel. Uh, where's Joe Biden on all of this? I mean, he hasn't, well, he hasn't been out of the basement, but when, he hasn't done a press conference in 88 days, but when is he going to just come out and say, hey, maybe stop tearing down Washington, Lincoln, our great founders, of this great country that, oh, I don't know, I want to be president of. I mean, come on. This is what's so amazing to me is then why do they want to, why do they even want to be president? Why do they want to uh, run for any office in this country that they clearly despise so much? Well, because Joe Biden told us we have a opportunity to fundamentally transform this country. They don't like the way we were founded. They don't like our founding principles. Uh, and it's very clear. And the DNC is just tweeting it out. Yeah, they don't even like the date we were founded. It ain't 1776, man. It's 1619. It's a rewriting of history. It is so divisive and just wrong it's not it's not at all why we were founded the new york times uh which got a pulitzer it's not the only thing factually and and historically wrong that will go down in history as uh, a complete mess that they got a pulitzer for but they have a big part to play in this and they're using it to teach in schools and that that's the whole point they want to use this project uh, to change school curriculum. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is it's been written by uh, really bigoted people who hate this country and don't have their facts right. No, it, it is it's so dangerous, and we really need to teach teach our children. You know, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, has been so great on this. She said, you know, not on my watch, but we need to take this opportunity to. It, Teach the stories. Yes, all of these individuals have flaws, but let's also talk about their virtues and what they did to make this country great. And that's what's being missed in all in all of this. Well, yeah, they want to take off uh, the names of of Washington and and Jefferson and things <laughs> we have of that to nature. Rename the whole country. Yeah, <laughs> and but you know, if I bring up the name Bird. Uh, oh no! You don't touch him. Well, he was, you know, he was a big dude in the KKK. How come? Why not? Oh, because he's forgiven because he's he's white, he's straight, but he's a Democrat. Right. You get a pass if you're if you're a Democrat. Uh, it, but it's it's funny that they aren't going for Berg yet. Uh, maybe they just haven't gotten around to it. Nancy Pelosi's taking out the portraits of all the Democrats by the way, who ran the Confederacy in the Capitol. That's what's amazing about this. They have to memory hold their own history because the Democrats were the party of slavery. Yes, they were. Republicans were the party of freedom and emancipation. And so it's very, you know, it's very consistent, really, because we've always been the party of freedom and opportunity for all and really getting to that founding principle of individualism uh, and religious liberty. You know, that's what's really been bothering me as well uh, when they distort the far left that just has so much disdain for this country and they distort our history. They never talk about the religious aspects of our founding. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why the First Amendment is first. And the First Amendment talks about 
that the government can't establish a religion, but you can't infringe upon our religion. So much of what our founding principles was because they knew that other governments and the history throughout human world, uh, how throughout human history, governments infringe on that basic right to practice your religion. And that is never talked about. And the virtues of our founding, which there are many, and they just want to dismiss it. They want to throw the whole baby out with the bathwater, say, no, we're irredeemable and deplorable. Well, Americans know that we aren't. Americans know, for whatever our flaws, we are the greatest nation in history on Earth, and we've been the best for liberty and equality for everyone. Hey, go go to another country. Find a better example. You can't because our founders were brilliant and they enshrined those principles in our founding documents. Well, and when they put together that founding document, they really hassled over slavery. They 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 fought about it at the at the constitutional uh, uh, meeting. I mean that Benjamin Franklin nailed the windows closed on hot days so that they couldn't get air in there to try to make them come to an an agreement. I mean, the musical, there's a great song in 1776 about that particular thing, about rum and slavery and all the rest, and, and brings this forward. So what did they do? They compromised. And they said, it's not ready yet. The, the country's not ready. And they went with the two-thirds, uh, you know, human and all of that. And, yeah, that was terrible. But it was a move forward and uh, allowed the Constitution to come into being. Because without it, we never would have had a Constitution. It's that simple. That's exactly right. And, of course, it wasn't perfect. Uh, and we were moving toward a more perfect union. And it, it created the problem of slavery. And we already had abolitionist societies founded. Uh, we There were so many people who just were involved in the movement before the country was even founded to get rid of slavery because they knew it was wrong. And it did take time, uh, and, and it did take a civil war, mm-hmm. uh, but we we moved forward. And, and so when you talk about Mount, bring it back to Mount Rushmore, look at the people on that mountain. Yep. And, and that's what Governor Nome was talking about yesterday. yesterday. It, you know, Washington is the first person uh, unanimously, <laughs> unanimous. I mean, can you talk about compromise? You don't need to compromise when you have a unanimous nope. vote to make him the first leader to found this great nation. And then going down the line, Jefferson writing the Declaration of Independence, Lincoln making it happen. There's a great article in National Review talking about the history of uh, how the left is trying to rewrite history and saying there are a lot of people who had to make the choice to get rid of slavery. And a lot of people worked together to make that happen. It's a great story. But Lincoln is a big part of that and the decisions and the sacrifices he made. And, of course, Teddy Roosevelt was just a great American and pioneer and had the first 
black American ever invited to the White House. I mean, there's so much rich history there. That's just scratching the surface. Yeah, I agree. But they don't want to hear history. They want to hear feelings. That's all they want to hear is feelings. Tear down and destroy. That's exactly right. So tell me about Win Red. I I talked about this a little bit last week, but I, I, I got a hold of Will and asked him to get me somebody who can talk specifically about it. And he said, you were the person. So let everybody know what Win Red is all about. Great. So for years, Democrats have had something called Act Blue, and it's this online platform where they can get donations, and it all goes in one place, and then they can figure out who needs it the most and uh, put their, you know, all their money in politics for everything they say publicly. Well, that's not the case. They love money in politics. No. But so President Trump. Um, when we when we went came together and say we need to get on the same level. We need a one stop shop for people to be able that want to donate and, and be able to give it to the candidates to take back the house. It's really important to be able to throughout the landscape um, for Republicans to work together to elect more Republicans. So we, when they went to President Trump and said, well, what should we call it? So the Democrats have act blue. And President Trump said, well, Democrats act, Republicans win. So we called it win red. Uh, and that's exactly what it is. And we launched a year ago. And in just a year, we've had $450 million raised, average donation of $40. Mm-hmm. That's more in one year than the Democrats raised in a decade with Act Blue. So it really shows it's a way to have that grassroots energy channeled into real outcomes to elect Republicans. And so we didn't have that in the midterms, uh, but now we have it, and we're going to use it to absolutely put the resources where we need in those 30 districts that used to be 31, but thanks to Jeff Van Drew and the Democrats' overreach and impeachment, they're already down a member. We have all these Trump won districts in 2016 where a Democrat uh, is now sitting. We can flip those seats uh, and we can win back the House. We can keep the Senate. We can reelect President Trump. And Win Red's a big part of that. Uh, you can get, you know, your Nancy Pelosi, let them eat ice cream shirt. I ordered one, and it's great because you order that $25 shirt, and the donations get split up between five different candidates for the House. So it's it's a really great way and a great platform to not only put us on an evil footing of what the Democrats and their big money machine, but – even better. And because we have that energy and enthusiasm, because we have a united Republican Party like we've never seen, because President Trump is such a great leader and gets so much done for the American people. All right. I'm, I'm just about time with, done with you, uh, Liz, because I know you got other interviews coming up. I got two minutes, so let me just ask this. I just don't believe the polling I'm seeing I got to believe internal polling is showing this race totally different. Am I wrong? No, you are right that the public polls are so inaccurate. They're the same 2016 playbook. Uh, you know, you know, polling is really a broken methodology of the, the 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 one thing that the establishment is still holding on to. Right? This is the way they've always done it, and this is the way they're going to continue to do it, no matter how much the polls are wrong, no matter how embarrassed they were in 2016. They don't change 
anything. Well, the best poll is on election day, and you have to actually ask the people that are going to go out and vote. And that silent majority we've been talking about is growing, and it ties back into our first uh, first question about Mount Rushmore. Right. Who are they winning over? Yeah, Joe Biden's winning by 12 points when his party wants to blow up Mount Rushmore. Give me a break. The polling is so inaccurate. The methodology is so wrong. Methodology is so wrong. They're not asking people who are actually going out to vote. And they are using the same failed playbook. You know, they think it's going to suppress our support. In fact, it galvanizes our support. We're more energized. We're more determined to reelect President Trump, get Republicans in there, uh, because the country's at stake. And we see how far left they've gone. So, yeah, don't believe the polls. They're so wrong. They always oversample Democrats. But one thing that they do reveal, if a poll that asks, you know, 10, 10 percentage points more Democrats than Republicans, it's likely to show Biden up by 10. It's yeah. so ridiculous. But look surprise. at the enthusiasm numbers. Look at the lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. It's the lowest. It's lower than Walter Mondale. 37 percent, only 37 percent say they're actually voting for Joe Biden. That you're you're not voting for anything. You're just voting against Trump. These diehards. But that is not the majority. And there's so much energy and support behind President Trump. Liz, thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure. I will see you in August in uh, in Jacksonville. Yes, we will. All right. We'll see See you then. then. Liz Harrington here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Traffic weather. We do it here at 101 FM, the answer, and we do it right. So I'm glad they did that last spot. I really am. And Heidi, by the way, did a great job. Sounded great on it. But, uh, you know, people want to know that your business is open. I uh, Yesterday, I was talking to Linda about what we're going to do on the 4th of July, and we're going to do a little road trip in state on Friday, and we're going up to Mountain View. Now, I got two restaurants in Mountain View that I really like to eat at, and I, I asked her, I said, why don't we go up there and try them out? She says, you better call them, make sure they're open, that they're not just doing takeout. And so I called. I called the uh, the Wing Shack, which I really like, and I called them up, and they yes, they're open. So I can do that. And the other place, and I haven't called this one yet. I'm going to call them today Anglers which is uh, right there on on the river. And uh, if you like trout and you like fried chicken and things like that, Anglers is a great place to go to. It's a good place to eat at. So we're going to do lunch at the Wing sh- uh, Shack, and then I'm going to do dinner right around 6 o'clock uh, at, uh, at Anglers. But i got to call them, one, better call them to uh, make sure they're going to be open, but number two, to set up uh, – you know, a reservation because uh, they overflow a lot of times. So going to do that. All right. So I was talking to Liz about Mount Rushmore, and there's a reason I did that, and I'm going to bring it up uh, in its fullness in the next hour. Uh, I got Sean Hannity I got to get to here in just a moment. Uh, but here's the tweet that they they sent out. I want to read this to you. I got to find it here first. Where is it? Okay. They attacked Mount Rushmore as uh, a monument of white supremacy. That's what they did. Uh, And somebody said, there's no saving the country if Biden is elected, if they truly believed this. Now, they took that tweet down after it was attacked. 
I mean, it was attacked viciously. And uh, it just, uh, but it just, it blew me away. That Mount Rushmore is nothing more than a monument to white supremacy. I'll tell you what, what Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt, why those four would put on Mount Rushmore when we come back. There's a reason. And we'll talk to you about it as we continue here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, if you like history, stick around. If uh, you like just free feelings, I can't help you. Here's Sean Hannity on 101. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Let me read the uh, Democrats' tweet that they deleted immediately after they posted it. It, it only took them a few minutes because you had a, a situation where so many people called them out for this. I mean, think about it. All uh, Here's what a lot of Democrats are saying. All you had to do is not act crazy. Didn't, you didn't need to do the cray-cray thing. What do they do? They do the cray-cray thing. Let me read it to you. Quote, Trump has disrespected Native communities time and again. He's attempted to limit their voting rights and blocked critical pandemic relief. Here's the crux. Are you ready? Now he's holding a rally glorifying white supremacy at Mount Rushmore, a a region once sacred in tribal communities. Now, First of all, we got to ask the Democrats this. How is show, uh, shooting off fireworks at Mount Rushmore racist? How's it racist? I mean, Adams, John Adams, you know, the founding father. Hopefully you've read that book and hopefully you saw the HBO special. But. You got a, a founding father that said the 4th of July should be observed every year, you know, with fireworks and speeches and, you know, loud music and things of that nature, which is what we do. Now, I hope that you take enough time to remember why you shoot off fireworks and why maybe you do barbecue and get your family together and, and all the all the rest. But uh, Trump is disrespecting Native Americans and America itself for having this rally at Mount Rushmore. The president, uh, the governor of uh, South Dakota, because you know that's where Mount Rushmore is, for you that might be geographically challenged. It's in Rapid City, South Dakota. And if you've never been there, if you've never seen it up close, have you ever seen Heidi? Have you ever seen Mount Rushmore? It's probably one of the big monuments here in the United States. A lot of people haven't seen because it's it's out there. I mean, you got to drive a long way to get to it. It will take your breath away. It was it was I hadn't seen it until about seven years ago, and it was always one of the things that was on my bucket list. That and going to Yellowstone be honest with you and i did both of them and devil's tower because hey i like close encounters of the third kind 
and and that place is really eerie and and cool but we stopped and i i still had some of my kids at home and took them along with us and we went to mount rushmore and you hear so much about it i've seen pictures of it for years i mean 60 years old i was and i go to mount rushmore and seriously i stood there with my mouth agape it is so immense and so very very cool it just takes your breath away it really does it takes your breath away when you think about how big it looks and you're sitting a long way away from it and you can take the path and walk around the base of it and stuff and uh, of course my mind works with movies and i'm seeing north by northwest where at the end of that alfred hitchcock movie they're running across the face of uh, mount rushmore the thing is huge and you think about guys were hanging on these things that look like a trapeze <laughs> with uh with tools and they're and they're using explosions to carve this out of the side out of the granite it's it's absolutely incredible you got to see it but they said about he's holding this rally glorifying white supremacy out at Mount Rushmore. Really? I'm going to tell you, when I was at Mount Rushmore, it wasn't just white people there. There were people from all over the world that were there. And they were all talking about how awe-inspiring it was, and they talked about, like over lunch, if you could get a table, <laughs> in the rush lunchroom they were talking about great things like uh you know the people that were depicted there on mount rushmore let's talk about who they are first person up there george washington called father of our country unanimously put in as as the president voted on by the people and was unanimously elected to be the first president of the United States did a fantastic job for two terms. And then they liked him so much. The people loved this man. They would have made him King. And he says, you forgot what we fought for. Now you think about all the things that Washington did, you know, led the continental army, Fought in, uh, you know, British-American, British, American, uh, British uh, Indian War, all things that he did. And uh, did fantastic things. And then uh, led our nation through tough times at the beginning. Not easy to get a brand new nation off the ground, let's put it that way. All right, so who would you put up secondly? Now, I can think of other people that might have been up there and would have fixed, you know, I mean... You know, um, you know, Franklin would have been good. John Adams would have been good. But they took Thomas Jefferson. And they put Jefferson second. Now, why would you put Thomas Jefferson second? He wrote the Declaration of Independence. That's why. He declared life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In fact, in fact, the way that he wanted it 
was life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, which if you're pursuing property, you're pursuing happiness. But they ended up putting happiness instead of property uh, in the Declaration. And, I mean, how can you argue with that? One of the greatest documents ever penned is the Declaration of Independence. Next, and he's kind of set back, is Teddy Roosevelt. Bully! Bully! But I always think when I hear Teddy Roosevelt's name, not Franklin Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, when they started Mount Rushmore, Franklin hadn't even been elected president. Started the Mount Rushmore in the 20s. And you got uh, you got Teddy up there. Why? What did Teddy do? Well, Jefferson also not only did the uh, Declaration of Independence, but he began the westward expansion of the country. Louisiana Purchase and things of that nature. Then you had Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, bull party and the whole nine yards. He ushered in, he ushered in basically the Industrial Revolution of the United States. That's what he did. Big, big thing that he did. And then last but not least up there is Abraham Lincoln. What did Abraham Lincoln do? Oh, well, he only kept the Union together. Because there was this thing called the Civil War. Which, by the way, just so everybody knows, when you look at the percentages, was fought by white guys to stop slavery. Let that sink in, Black Lives Matter. Let that, let that, let that sink in. Yes, people of color fought on the Union and the Confederate side. But I will tell you this, it was basically white man against white man, father against son, brothers against brothers, family against family. And and tens of thousands of people died. In fact, at the Battle of Shiloh, which if you want to take a trip on Friday when you're off, go to Shiloh in Tennessee. Check it out. You know how many people died at Shiloh in the Civil War, Heidi, by any chance? 35,000 Americans in a couple of days of fighting. 35,000. That's not even mentioning battles like Gettysburg and and others, Battle Bull Run, all kinds of uh, battles that happened in the Civil War. Vicksburg, all those battles. Tens of thousands of people laid down their lives to get rid of an institution. And one man helped keep the union together. Now, you may hate him. You may love him. He wasn't saint, and he wasn't, and he was a sinner, but he wasn't a demon. He did things that I don't agree with, but he did a lot of things that I definitely do agree with. So with that thought in mind, that's why Mount Rushmore and those four figures are up there. They were instrumental in the founding and the moving forward of this country and then keeping this country together. Rightly deserve the monument that they have. A break. We've got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad to be with you here. I'm getting ready for the 4th of July. My family's been 
you know, planning on it. I get, I'm waiting for my daughter to call me and tell me if she's going to be over at a friend's house on Saturday or Sunday. She's not sure what day they want her over. If it's Saturday, they'll be over at my house and we'll have a great 4th of July. What did they, by the way, did, did Little Rock, do you know, has Little Rock canceled their fireworks show on the river? Did they do it? She's looking it up. She's going to check it out. I, I just read the other day Benton having their fireworks uh, on the 4th of July, and it's going to, they're going to do like a drive-in. I guess you could, if you if you sit in your car and watch them, or, or you could get out of your car and wear a mask and watch them, one or the other. But you can't get out of your car without a mask and watch them. You can sit in your car without a mask or get out of your car and put on a mask. So keep that keep that in mind. All right, we got to get our final break in. I'm being remiss here. And when I come back, Oklahoma authorities charge alleged rioters with terrorism, saying, hey, Oklahoma is not Seattle. We'll finish it up when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let me uh, finish up here by saying that we had a great one that passed away. Uh, Carl Reiner has died. He was 98 years old. They say he died just of natural causes. I mean, you know, Bible's pretty clear of that. Time for a man to be born, time for a man to die. And uh, he passed away. I mean, there's several great ones that are out there that are in their 90s that, you know, any day we could hear that they're that they had passed away. Carl Reiner was one of them. Mel Brooks is another. Back Betty in, White. Yeah, Betty Betty White, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, there's a lot of people that are out there that are in their 90s uh, that are just icons and tremendous actors and actresses. But, uh, you know, Carl Reiner really got his start on a, on a uh, album with uh, Mel Brooks. Nobody thought of Mel Brooks as a stand-up comedian until the 2,000-year-old man came out, which is a great comedy album. If you've never listened to it, you should listen to it. It's, it's excellent. You can, you can still get it, and people still listen to it and laugh and laugh and laugh. Uh, in his career, as uh, he was out there doing his thing, he de- in 1959, he developed a television pilot titled Head of the Family that was based on his own personal and professional life. However, the network didn't like Reiner in the lead role for unknown reasons. Nobody knows why, because he was a great actor and he had impeccable timing. Could have done the role without any problem. So they recast it and they named it something else. And in 1961, debuting on television, was the Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, it was on from 61 to 66, of course. Uh, surely you know who Dick Van Dyke is, and you know who Mary Tyler Moore is. Uh, it made them household names. Uh, in addition to writing many, many of the episodes, and some of them were written by Rosemary and others, but Uh, Reiner occasionally appeared as temperamental show host Alan Brady, and he was funny as it, too. I mean, really, really was funny. Uh, The series ran from 61 to 66. In 1966, Reiner co-starred in a movie. If you've never seen it, you should watch it because it's really funny. Heidi, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. 
It's a great movie. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. He also starred in uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World with uh, just a ton of other comedians. I remember seeing that at the uh, uh, the drive-in with my parents and when Roscoe is on the top of the, the ladder and it's of the fire truck and it's swinging around and around and he goes flying off and he lands in the arms of uh, a statue of Abraham Lincoln and Roscoe looks up and he goes thank you Mr. Lincoln it's a it's I mean it's a it's a great move you couldn't do that now people would take offense at it I'm just telling you, they'd be offended by it it's a great movie uh, uh, one of my favorite comedians in the, is in that movie it's it's Jonathan Winters He's hilarious in that movie. He really is. The Three Stooges had a very small role as uh, mechanics at a gas station. Great, great movie. Uh, Great, great actor uh, is, uh, of course, Carl Reiner. Dead at 98. And this was handed to me. I want to remind you about this. Charles Ripley, who spent six decades coaching basketball, mostly here in Little Rock, uh, has passed away. Uh, he was in his 90s as as well. Uh, he's head coach at Little Rock Parkview, turned the Patriots into a powerhouse in the 80s and the 90s, spent 27 years as a coach and teacher in the Little Rock School District, later coached at the University of Arkansas, Fort Smith, worked as athletics director at Arkansas Baptist College, and spent time at Keith Jackson's Park program said uh, Razorback radio analyst Matt Zimmerman the state of Arkansas basketball is sad today rest in peace coach Charles Ripley he impacted so many lives gave so much of himself for his players too many great ones to name from Derek Fisher on he loved basketball so much and uh, memorial services are going to be held on Thursday it says Specific details will be released this evening. So uh, you'll be wanting to watch uh, that. All right. So with that in mind and kind of on a sad note, uh, we'll we'll uh, take off today. Coming up tomorrow on the Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, better known as Hump Day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. Uh, we will have on uh, Congressman French Hill. We'll ask him about uh, the new chairman of the Oversight Committee and why he thinks that changed and what the Oversight Committee is up to. We'll talk to him about the 4th of July, and we'll talk to him about Mount Rushmore. We'll ask him questions about what he's thinking about these people who are trying to demonize our history here uh, in our country. And uh, I hope you heard our interview interview with Liz Harrington. If you haven't, go back and listen to the last hour at least of the Dave Ellswick Show today. You can listen to it here uh, here by about 9.30, 9.40, somewhere around there, and hear her interview. And we talked a lot about Rushmore and things of that nature. If that's the party you support, I, I, I wonder if you love our country. I mean, be honest. That a country says that uh, white supremacists, you know, look, use the uh, the monument. It just, oh, it just makes my blood boil. They 
either they don't understand it but or they'll say anything i mean they're so ashamed of it they've taken it down immediately took it down had to had to leave that and that that leads me just to ask you who are you gonna vote for come up in november you know somebody who loves their country or somebody who does nothing more than point out its its inadequacies and its failings and even wants to you know do away with mount rushmore Un- unbelievable just unbelievable uh, out of time congressman hill 805 and then joe and duck at eight o'clock here tomorrow on the dave ellswick show see you at 6 a.m